My name is Lad. I'm one of the teaching pastors here, and uh, today we're talking about names. We're talking about uh, some of the names of God, and hopefully you got one of these when you came in. It's not necessary, but uh, you know, it's interesting. We use these things, and we usually use these in a situation where we don't know everybody. If it's your first week here, we don't do this every week, um, and uh, you might have, if it was your first week here and you saw that, you might have turned around and left, so you wouldn't even be hearing me now, but... Uh, you know, we approach God, and we know his name, God, and we know about God, and yet we know so little about him. And names are important. And we think names are, are really important. Have you ever uh, talked to a teenager? And you can kind of tell there's a little bit of light in their eyes, and they're talking about life, and you, you can tell that there's somebody special in their life, and you're talking to a young girl, and there's this boy, and she tells you all about him, and about the way he looks, and about the way he laughs, and about the way he is a gentleman, and can you imagine asking her, well, what's his name? And, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It would never happen, right? I was looking back uh, a couple months ago through some old notes from college uh, shortly after I met Crystal. And maybe you have a situation like this where you, you've seen something old and, man, Crystal's name is through my notes from college in every design and fashion possible, right? It's around the page. It's through the notes. There's times when there isn't even notes and all there is is her name on my page because the more you get to know someone, the more their name has deep significance for you. Isn't that true? How many of you have uh, friends, maybe at work or in life, or maybe at the store or the coffee shop you always go to. You have acquaintances, friends, and you kind of know them and you kind of get on with them, but, but you don't know their name. How many of you guys have people like that, right? And there, there's something that happens when you go to that next step of admitting that you don't know their name and then reintroducing yourself, isn't there? Um, just in what I do here, I'm a face. How many of you guys are face people? I'm a face person. How many of you are name people? Okay, there's one of you who's a name person. All right, um, I'm, a, I'm a face person. And so chances are, if you've been here a little while, I've met you like seven times, right? And I'll say, this is what I always say, hey, I know your face. Can you tell me your name again? I'm sorry, I forgot. And it usually takes me three to seven times. And then I've pretty much got it. I'll make a few mistakes, but I've pretty much got it. And, and there's a next step with knowing someone's name and, and really coming to know them at that next level. And that's kind of what we're talking about with God. I've got a few, uh, I've got a few friends that um, when I say their name, like they're close enough friends that when I just say uh, to Crystal or the boys, I'll say Jeff. And instantly everybody knows in, in the family who I'm talking about because they're my deepest friend, right? I don't need to say Jeff who. It doesn't matter that he doesn't even live here. I just, I say his name and I probably say it in a certain way and and everybody knows that there is that, there's that deep affection for my friend, all right? And so we're going to talk about names in this way, and I want you to think a little bit about where your name came from, all right? That's why we gave you these this morning, because today we're introducing you to kind of one of the coolest, biggest names of God. I mean, all the names of God are amazing, but today we're going to introduce you to the name Yahweh, to who God is and who he said he was, and, and I want you to really get in kind of the mood for that by thinking about your name. All right, so hopefully you got one of these and you've thought about your name a little bit, even in writing it down. And what I want you to do is take 
one and a half seconds and think about your name and where you got it or what it's, you know, what it means or something about your name. And then I want you to, you don't have to wander all over, but find somebody next to you, maybe in front of you or behind you, somebody you didn't come with and share with them a little bit about your name and where you got it from. Okay. Just share with them something about your name, what you think it means, where you got it from. And we'll get back here in one minute. Okay. So share a little bit about your name. We're talking a little bit about names and specifically uh, the names of God. But do you remember who said this? Do you remember who asked the question, what's in a name? What's in a name? You remember who asked the question? Shakespeare did. That's right. So all of our students remember, our, our, uh, our people have just read it. It probably was asked before that. But Shakespeare asked through Juliet, what's in a name, right? Anything, man, I need to actually read it because I can't quote it. Um... That which we call a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet, right? That's what, that's what Juliet said because Juliet was in love with Romeo, right? And the Montagues and the Capulets never got along, right? And there's no way that two from a different name could be in love with each other. And she said, names don't mean anything. But the irony is that their names meant everything, didn't it? Their names meant the story. And... And what's in a name with God, right? What does your name mean, by the way? All right. Did you find out a little bit more about somebody else? Did you find out what their name meant or what they thought it meant? All right. Today, we don't really name people after meanings as much. Some of us do. How many of you uh, in your family, you still name people after meanings? Like your, your name means something, okay? How many of you name people after uh, the way it sounds, right? The way it sounds, okay? And how many of you have no idea how you name people, right? All right, that's the rest of you. All right. Um, I have four boys, all right? And uh, our boys, I grew up with this name, Lad. Um, my, I have one grandfather named Vernon Lewis and one grandfather named James Lattice. And they were both hardworking, blue-collar men. And, and I was named Vernon Lattice. So if you didn't know, my first name is Vernon. I go by my middle name, uh, which is Lattice, which is Welch. And I grew up as Laddie, so you can call me Laddie. If you, grow, if you call me Laddie, you'll probably definitely get hugged, right? So uh, um, evidently in fourth grade, I told my teacher my name is now Lad because I was, I was big stuff. And uh, she called home to see if that was okay. And uh, so Lad kind of stuck, but all my buddies uh, from home call me Laddie. And really that's, don't you have those names? Don't you have those names that your, your nearest and dearest friends call you? Like the, the most intimate um, kind of names? So anyways, we have four boys. Um, our first one is named Squire. He's named after the, uh, the Chapman way back in the 1700s that sailed across the ocean uh, and immigrated here to America. And his name was Squire Chapman, and uh, we named our firstborn after him. Um, Wyatt, we like the name, and uh, it means warrior, and Wyatt is our warrior. Uh, we like the name Crusoe. My wife heard that name, Crusoe. He's our, our six-year-old now. And, uh, and Crusoe, I don't know that, that it actually means this, but to us, we said it means adventurer, and, uh, and Crusoe is our adventurer with God. And, um, and Parker, our, uh, our last one, um, to be honest, we didn't know if he was going to be a boy or a girl, so we chose a name that would stick either way. I can only tell that for so many more years, right? He won't, he won't like that in a few years, but, but we chose a name that would work either way, and uh, we named him after uh, my mother-in-law. Uh, her, her name is Bess, so he's Parker Best, and uh, that means a lot to us. 
And you have names, no doubt, that are similar. I want to tell you about the 10 most popular names of 2011, okay? The, I'm just going to read off a few of the top girls' names, and maybe some of you can guess what these would be. Sophia is the number one uh, most popular name. Then Emma, Isabella, Olivia, Ava, Lily, Chloe, and Madison are uh, some of the girls' most popular names of 2011. Boys um, are Aiden, Jackson, Mason, Liam, Jacob, Jaden, Ethan, and Noah. And uh, whoever tracks all this tries to figure out how things are trending. And uh, things are generally trending in ways that names that seem popular to say. Names that seem unique and popular to say. And, and really, they even trend, which is funny that they would be unique because they trend highly after television, right? And names that get used on television. Um, one of the highest trending names that's the third most popular name of the last year uh, is uh, Mason for a boy. And um, you might not know this, but if you just named your boy Mason, you did that because the, Karda- the Kardashians have a, uh, a Mason. There's a Kardashian kid on TV named Mason. <laughs> Anderson is trending very high because of Anderson Cooper's popularity because people love Anderson Cooper and watch him all the time. All right. A lot of, a lot of guys named Steven this last year in memory of Steve Jobs. And uh, Kate, William, and Harry, all of them, after the wedding this year, um, all the names spiked in popularity right away. And so we as people, we get influenced by things and we name people after things that are important to us. And, and God, interestingly enough... Uh, has names. God has names. And names mean something. God doesn't have names for his mood and what he likes to say. God doesn't have names for, for style. God doesn't have names because of what's popular in the royal family at the time. God has names that mean something. Just like you, when you say the name of your husband or wife, your spouse, your, your good friend, and when you say that name, it, it has a ton of depth and meaning. God's name means something. And we're really going to walk into that. You know, many people approach God with this sort of kind of laissez-faire approach to who God really is because we really can't know and... And even like we saw in the movie, we, we use his name in vain. We use his name casually. We, we just throw it around, and it's God. And even in our culture, we, we love the idea that, that all roads lead to the same God. Our culture just loves that. And if, if you're born any time in the last you know, couple decades, really you wish that were true. Even if you fully believe in Christ, you just wish that every road went to the right way because then I would never have to say anybody is wrong about anything. Right? We have that in our gut. Our, our culture desires that. And yet God says, I have a name and it, and it means something. And, and every God isn't the same. All right? We use this name, this word, God. We use this name, God, for whatever we want. You know, under the banner of the name of God, there's, there's pantheists like Hindus that say that there are millions of gods. Right? And we try to appease all of them. And there's, there's many, many different gods and choose to serve any of them at the right time for the right thing. Or there's, there's really spiritual, really sincere people, even in our own culture, who are, are panentheists. Pan means many. Theist means God. And panentheist means there's many gods in everything. 
There's many gods everywhere, and it's, it's the force for good and light in you and me and, and in the trees and in the air we breathe. And God is everywhere, and maybe even in the chair you're sitting in. And, and it's a force for good. And we use that same word, God, to describe the God of the Bible. Same word, same word God gets used to describe all different kinds of perspective of who he is. The deist who says there's probably a God somewhere, but he started things going and now he's on holiday with an umbrella drink somewhere because that's where I would be, right? And everything's falling apart and he doesn't know me and he doesn't love me. Or there's the religious God who says that there is one God. He's monotheist. He's one God, but, but he is like me and he approves of only me and my kind and the way I do it, right? And there's religions all over the world that believe in God that way, different than the God of the Bible. Right from the start, right in Genesis, God says to Abraham, he goes, I'm going to make a great nation of you, and I'm going to bless all the nations of all people of all time. And he says, this is who I am. I'm God Almighty. And so today, we're going to look at this first name of God, the name Yahweh. All right? God's name is Yahweh. There is none other like him. And today, we're going to learn what Yahweh means a little bit. It's kind of like a, if you're on Twitter, it's kind of like a Twitter bio. You know what I mean? It's just, today we're going to scratch the surface a little bit of what Yahweh means. You can't really, you can't really unpack everything. And so even, even saying the word out loud, even saying that word out loud, like we saw in the movie, it wasn't done. You didn't even say that word out loud. It's the name of God that is inaudible, inspeakable. You, do, you don't even say it because he is so holy. And today we're going to look at that word and talk about God and who he is. So would you pray with me as uh, we get started today? God. I come before you and I confess to you that I use your name so flippantly, so carelessly, so quickly. God, I've cursed in your name. I've damned things in your name. God, it's humorous that you use our mouths which have used your name so cheaply to honor your name, to worship you. God, your grace is so amazing, your forgiveness so deep, your love for me so overwhelming. Forgive me, Lord. God, I'm a man of unclean lips. We're a people of unclean lips. God, would you speak to us from your word today? It's in the name of Jesus, by his blood, that we come to you and ask. Amen. If, if, you're, if you're new here, um, welcome to K2. We're glad you're here. Man, we want you to know right from the start that we love and believe in Jesus. Jesus Christ was God's son who came so that we could pray, so that we could talk to this God that we're going to introduce, be introduced to today. 
And so it's with great joy that we come before and we say, God, thank you for the forgiveness of our sin. Thank you for making us new. And thank you for teaching us from your word. All right? Uh, it's our desire that each person here, whether you've not yet come to believe in Christ, whether you're still trying to figure it out, whether you just became a believer, whether you've been doing this for 20 years, that each one of us would take a, a step closer to knowing the God of the universe, to walking with him and trusting him in our lives. All right. So God's name is Yahweh. There is none other like him, and we worship him. Yahweh gets introduced to us uh, in Exodus 3. And the first thing I want to say is that Yahweh is. Yahweh is. What God tells us about himself is that he is. That's it. He permanently is. And that's the first thing that Yahweh means. In Exodus 3, 14 and 15, here's what it says. God said to Moses, if you remember, we were just in Moses last August, and, and Moses is out in the wilderness for 40 years getting ready for God to use him and to, to save the people of Israel. And, and he actually introduces himself to Moses in a strange fire in the desert that does not burn up, that continues. And he speaks from the fire, and he says to Moses, um, I'm going I'm to have you save the people of Israel. And Moses goes back and forth. And finally he says, well, who are you even? Who do I even say that you are? And here's how God replies. He says this. He says, God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. He goes on from there and he says, God also says to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name that you should call me from generation to generation. So this is my name. I am. I exist. I existed before anything and I will continually exist. I will continually exist come to be. God exists and he will always exist. It's a, it's a perfect tense that he always existed perfectly backwards and perfectly forward. And that he is always not static. He's dynamically always being. Okay? That that is who God is. He's self-existent. It emphasizes his existence, not in static form, but existence in motion. This word that gets said here um, at this point in the scriptures this word is actually lost. Um, no one knows what this word actually sounds like. Um, it got turned into what they call a tetragrammation, four letters without any vowels in between it. Y-W-H-W. Yahweh is the best idea for a pronunciation. But you know that pronunciation didn't even come until the 1700s from a guy in Europe who said, this is probably the best way to pronounce it. Y-H-W-H. It's a, it, like you saw in the movie earlier, people never even said this word. And because the word never got said, the pronunciation and the actual word got totally lost because it's, it's God's inaudible name of of his great existence, that he is, that there is no one else like him. And this word he goes on right there, you can see in, uh, in the following verse, he says, tell them, um, if you go back to, uh, if you go back to on the screen to Exodus there, he says, um, he says, tell them that 
that I'm the Lord. In your Bibles, if you read your Bibles, I hope you have a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, we've got one in the back we'd love to give to you. But in the Bible, if you see the word Lord, all capitals, L-O-R-D, or God, all capitals, G-O-D, um, that means this word, this Yahweh. Actually, the word that they use, which kind of sounds like it, is the word Jehovah. It's the Hebrew word that they use. It's the one that they can say out loud because his real name is so holy they can't say it. All right, remember we talked a few weeks ago, if you weren't here, we talked about the fear of God. And some of us really struggle with it because we know God is loving and he sent his son to live and die for us. And yet every time in scriptures we see someone come face to face with the living God, terror is the response. Because me as a sinful person, I'm in, I'm in the presence of a holy God and I'm on my face terrified. And Jesus reaches down to his disciples and he says, don't be afraid, I'm here. And he comforts them. And so what we're gonna see is that the Yahweh exists in holiness perfectly in the past and perfectly forever in the future in motion. And the word Jehovah is the, is the word that we use to say, here's a bit of who he is. Jehovah God, Lord God. All right, so Yahweh is. God's name is Yahweh. There is none other like him. And we worship him. Second thing is that Yahweh is before, above. He's the maker of all. He was before everything. He is above everything. He is the maker of everything. Psalm 95 reads like this. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and in his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. All through the scriptures, um, the Lord Yahweh, Jehovah, is the God who was before everything and who made everything. And the response in Psalm 95 and the response of all of scriptures is for us to worship him. The Bible says that he holds everything together in the power and in the palm of his hands. The whole universe. If, if you don't know, the universe is increasingly bigger every time we invent bigger telescopes to see how far it is. And the scriptures say that the heavens were created to declare the glory of our God, of Yahweh. They were, they were created to to show us how great and how heavy and how majestic is his name. And he holds them in the palm of his hand and he is the maker of it and he is over all of it. And Yahweh is before, above, he's the maker of all. In Revelation 1.8, he says, I, <coughs> excuse me, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God who is, who was, and who is to come, the Lord Almighty. He's before everything. He will be after everything. He is the beginning and the end. He is Yahweh. Amen. God's name is Yahweh. There is none other like him. We worship him.
Just like Psalm 95 says, our response ought to be worship. When we catch a glimpse of who God is, our response ought to be worship. I just want to tell you where we're going today. We're going to a place of worship today. So if you're here, I I want to encourage you to, to step into a response of worship. Even as we discover more and more of what God says he is when he gives us his name, Yahweh. The next thing that Yahweh means or the next emphasis of Yahweh is that he keeps his word. All right, Psalm 119, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established it in the earth and it endures. His word stands forever. Um, You know, the other names of God, the Lord Almighty, um, the, the Hebrews knew of God. They knew of God. This wasn't a brand new introduction to a new idea of God, but they knew of a God who made promises. Does that make sense? They knew of a God who committed to them. They knew of a God who was strong and who told them that he was going to work on their behalf. They knew of a God who said that he loved them and cared for them. And Yahweh, Yahweh is introduced as the one who keeps those promises. Yahweh is the one who is the covenant keeper. Yahweh is the one who makes good on what he says he will do. And so Yahweh is not just the God who who says, I love you. He's the one who provides his son, Jesus, to die for our sins and proves it and comes good on his love for us. Yahweh isn't just the one who says, it's my desire that no one should perish, but all should come to know the Savior. He's the one who sends and calls us to him and gives us the gift of grace to believe. He's the one who keeps covenants. Um, Here's what his word says in 10. Here's what Jesus says. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. No one. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And Jesus says, when we talk about salvation, he goes, you follow me. He goes, I have you in my hand. And my father who is greater than me, Yahweh, my father, he's even greater than me and no one can take you out of my hand. Yahweh is not only the God who promises good for you and promises love and eternal life for you, he's the one who keeps it and does it and holds you in his hand. It's not by works that we're saved. It's not that anyone can boast. It's by the grace of God. And he says, I'm the one who will hold you in my hand and none will snatch you out of it. God's name is Yahweh. There is none other like him. We worship him. All right, and that's the next thing is that Yahweh, there's none other like him. In Isaiah 43, here's what he says. Before me, no God was formed. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. And Yahweh declares to the people 
There is no other God but me. There was no one before me, and there is no one else who will save you. It is only through me that you'll be saved. I, even I, am the Lord. There is no one like him. This is God's unique name, and it is not given to anyone else. This name, Yahweh, is not given to any other kind of God. No other God has this name. Only Yahweh. The last one is that Yahweh saves. All right? As you read through the, the, Old, the New Testament, or the Old Testament into the New Testament, it's exciting that you see the train of thought. Yahweh introduces himself, and it becomes clearer and clearer that he is a savior that Yahweh is the one who keeps his promise. He keeps his promise to the people of Israel and to all who believe. Yahweh saves. In Matthew 1, in fact, if you look at all of the, the prophecies about, about Jesus, is there's one who's to come and Yahweh will save. And in Matthew 1, verses 20 through 21, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This is to Joseph. And he said this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, so, so if, you, if you don't know the story, um, Mary and Joseph are engaged. She turns up pregnant, and his idea is to dismiss her. Um, respectfully and privately, and a, an angel comes and says to him, no, listen, you, th- this is from God. You need to marry her, and you need to marry her, and you need to name your son Jesus. Okay, you need to name your son Jesus, which is the, um, the name reflective of the, the, the name Joshua from the Old Testament, the Hebrew name Joshua, which is reflective of the name Jehovah. And it literally means Jehovah saves. I want you, the, the Lord Almighty, Jehovah Yahweh saves, is the name that I want you to give to your son. Don't name him after your style. Don't name him after what's popular on the radio right now. Don't name him after your family line. Name him Jesus because Yahweh saves. And I want you to know that he will save his people from their sins. And a, an angel comes and speaks this to Joseph. And he does marry Mary. And they do, they do have the baby Jesus. And, and he is born. And they name him Jesus. Yahweh saves. And all of the prophecies from Isaiah and before, all looking forward to the Messiah. This one, this Yahweh who would save, come together in this child in a barn named Jesus, who grows up and... Christ himself, Christ himself says this. He says that, yes, I am Yahweh, our sa- your Savior. His name is Yahweh. There is none other like him. If you go to John 8, verse 58 and 59, here's what Jesus himself said. He says, very truly I tell you, Jesus answered. This is, he, he's replying to people who are accusing him. And they're, they're arguing with him. There's religious scholars and, and they say to him this, Um, He says, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Okay? Everybody in the room, their ears perked up because nobody says, I am. And Jesus said, before Abraham, they're arguing about Abraham, and he says, before Abraham was even born, I am. 
He says, I am the eternal God. I existed perfectly in time past. I created this world. I existed before Abraham was even born. Before Abraham, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from them on the temple grounds. You have to know that every time Jesus says, I am Yahweh, I am God, I existed perfectly in the past. I am the creator. I am your God. I am your savior. I am Yahweh. That they picked up stones to stone him because they felt it was blasphemy. Because no man could say that he was God. And that's why Christ was eventually killed because they did not believe him. And they crucified him. He paid the price for our sins. And Jesus says, before Abraham was even born, I am. God's name is Yahweh. There is none other like him. He is our Savior, our Jesus, our Messiah, the one who died in our place, who paid the price for our sins. And his name is Yahweh. His name is Jehovah. And it has deep, rich meaning. And like the psalmist says, you are the maker of the heavens and the earth. And our response is to come and to, to worship, to bow before our God and maker. And so that's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'm going to invite you to join us in worship. If this is the time of the service where you kind of check out or maybe even leave, I would encourage you, stay. Even if you can't participate, stay and stay and enter in or at least observe and sit in the, in the glory and in the heaviness of the name of Yahweh. Sit in the power of the love and the saving grace of Jesus, Yahweh saves our Savior. God's name is Yahweh. There is none other like him. Our Savior, we worship him. Let me pray for us. God, we stand before you. And it's a great privilege to speak your name. It's a great privilege to honor you. It's a great privilege to try to describe a bit of the weight of your name. And this morning, as best we can, God, we want to respond in worship. I pray that your spirit would speak through your word already spoken and that will be spoken. And God, I pray that we would respond not just here, but that we would respond in lives of worship. In your son's name, we pray. Amen. We're going to begin with scripture. And I just want to say that it's appropriate to respond as you feel led to respond. It's appropriate to worship. It's appropriate to to say amen. It's appropriate to agree. It's appropriate It's appropriate because our God is great. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was so. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. 
walk before me faithfully and be blameless. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. O sovereign Lord, you've begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven and on earth who can do the deeds and the mighty works you do? For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. For, the, for who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth. To whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the, hen- the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed. There will be no one after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And apart from me there is no Savior. Was it not I, the Lord? There is no God apart from me. A righteous God and Savior, there is none but me. I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. 
And an angel appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Yahweh saves because he will save his people from their sins. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is a Messiah, the Lord. Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, who you, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I'd be a liar like you, but I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, and he saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you've seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers, elders of the people, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, but God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus said, The stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Jesus is that. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Church, let's worship this Yahweh. There is no God apart from you, a righteous God and Savior. There is none but you. Join me on your feet, would you, and worship. Worship his great name. You, O Lord, are our Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Salvation is found in no one else but Yahweh. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. His name is Yahweh. His name is Jesus. Yahweh saves. He is the great I am.